0: just takes a little effort we can work it out these things go hand in hand know what i'm talking about can we have one without the other one without the other yeah one without the other one without the other yeah we made it through the test strengthening love and sex we made it through the test strengthening love and sex What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back for Strengthening Love and Sex. I am Dr. Stacey Spencer and...
1: I am Rhonda Spencer.
0: Baby, this is our 30th episode.
1: 30 episodes. 30th
0: episode. And guess what that means? What does it mean? It's crazy because we've been married 30 years. Mm -hmm. This past week, we celebrated 30 years of marriage, and this is our 30th episode. Woo Woo So welcome, everybody, to the 30th episode of Strengthening Love and Sex and we are hoping that this is a transformative experience mm-hmm. for you and your significant other, whether you're seriously dating or you've been married a short time or a long time. you need uh these tips that we and these tips babe came through blood sweat and tears
1: oh my goodness huh yes
0: we have we've lived <laughs> to tell the story after thirty years of being married and but it hasn't all been. Mm-mm. Uh, a challenge. It's been more good days. It's been
1: a wonderful journey.
0: What's that old song says? I've had some good days. I've I've had had some some hills to climb. climb. (laughs) But all of my good days outweigh my bad days. days. I won't complain. Mm -mm. We have had a wonderful journey on our marriage, and I'm praying that God will give us um, another 30 years plus uh, to stay together. But we want to stop by tonight and talk about something very serious. Okay. And it is how to fight fair. Huh? How to fight fair in marriage because maybe, believe it or not, people are going to have what in marriage?
1: They're going to have conflict.
0: And disagreements.
1: And disagreements, right. Right.
0: How can two walk, to unless, walk together unless, unless they, they agree, agree but they are going to be disagreements.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Even in the Bible, people had disagreements. They didn't always see eye to eye. But I believe that God has some tools For us to fight fair. Right. And so we've learned through the years, (laughs) still learning, (laughs) on how to fight fair. And um, one of the favorite things my wife likes to say is what?
1: Communication.
0: Communication. And what do you mean, darling, when you say communicate? Why is communication important for conflict resolution?
1: Communication is important because that is how you work out what's going on. But I want to add to communication. It's just not verbal. It's the nonverbal cues. I mean, Mm. how your face is, your body language, your tone, it all plays a very important role in how to resolve conflict through communication.
0: I think it's important, too, that we use I statements. Right. Because what happens, ladies and gentlemen, is that when your spouse or your significant other comes to you and they're like, you always da-da-da-da-da.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. What happens, babe, when you, if I come to you and I'm like, Rhonda, you always, you
1: do, what what what's your what, what happens to your body when I say you? You tense up. Because it's an accusatory statement. And you feel defensive. Of course. Your defenses raise, your blood pressure raise, your pupils dilate. There's so many things. You got a lot going on, <laughs> baby. Nose start flaring. <laughs> Hot, I got high blood pressure.
0: Oh, my God. No, you're right. You feel automatically defensive when somebody's like you. Right. It's a very accusatory. Uh-huh. But if I come to you in love and I say, Babe, can I share my heart about something? I feel when you, I feel like you're not hearing me when you dismiss what I say without thinking about what I just said. I feel dismissed. How does that make you feel other than, you always ignoring me when I'm
1: trying to talk to you? Well, one, it raises curiosity as to what have I dismissed you about? So that makes me want to empathize with you more and like, well, what's going on? What have I done that makes you in this headspace, put you in this headspace?
0: So using I statements, because watch this conflict is a very real part of any relationship. And you have to mm-hmm. figure out how to resolve that conflict in a healthy way. And one of the ways to do that is I statements I feel. I teach my staff, and I think this works in marriage too, s b i s Situation, behavior. behavior, Impact. So what is the situation? When I came into the kitchen and I asked you what you were doing, <laughs> and the behavior was, I'm washing the dishes. And it was almost like, duh. And the impact that it had on me was like, I was trying to engage you in a conversation, but I seemed, it seemed like I was irritating you by asking you that question. And it made me feel like I was a bother to you rather than you were glad to see me. And how would you respond to that SBI?
1: Okay, so the situation was the dishes being washed I came in the kitchen came in the kitchen and I said what you doing what you doing and I'm already washing the dishes right anyway. and so there's a part in my brain that's like <laughs> can you not see that I'm washing dishes so can you ask me a different question so okay so what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> how did it how do you how
0: do how do you respond to me coming to you with the SBI Rhonda this is a situation I came to you in the kitchen, and I asked you, what you doing? He said, I'm washing the dishes. And I said, the impact on me, it made me feel like I was being a nuisance to you and not a welcome, like, oh, here's my husband. Let me engage him in conversation.
1: (laughs) So what I should have done was just change my tone (laughs) and said, oh, babe, I'm washing the dishes. What's up?
0: Or you could say after the fact with my SBI, you could say to me, oh, I didn't mean to make you feel like that. I I felt like it was obvious, but I could see where you could feel like I was irritating you. And I don't want you to feel irritated. I do like your company. I love when you come in the kitchen. It was just that I was in a different headspace and I thought it was obvious that I was washing the dishes.
1: And that is so true. But community and i'm not meaning to wipe out everything that you said but being able to communicate that to your spouse or to me to let me even know that you felt a certain kind of way Mm -hmm. about how i said because if i didn't know that you felt that way then i wouldn't be able to address it and what
0: happens to your point is like when a husband or wife feels impacted by your behavior and they don't say anything about it Mm -hmm. they swallow it right and the more you keep swallowing, it builds up resentment, Definitely. builds up a divide. And you're like, you know what? I'm not going in the kitchen. Anymore. I'm not going to try to talk to them because they got an attitude when I come to the kitchen. So I'm not going in there. But if you speak about how it made you feel, then that becomes something you can resolve quickly, which right. leads me to my next point, And that is you have to decide in conflict what is minor and what's major. Every, we don't need to make mountains out of molehills. Oh, absolutely
1: not. Can you speak about that? Well, one, if if the person who is having an issue blows it out of proportion, nine times out of ten, there is an underlying situation that's going on, mm-hmm. something that has not been resolved. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, the better way to do is to discuss the little minor infraction and then to make sure that it is not something that is going to be made into a big mushroom.
0: Yeah, we have to microdose right on our disappointments. You know, when there is something, you know how you know how your spouse, your boyfriend or girlfriend say something slick and you just kind of let it slide. And then after a while it turns into a volcanic eruption because you kept letting stuff slide without speaking to it. Whereas if it's a minor issue, like leaving a sock on the floor, Uh but one day you come in and you put your sock, take your socks off and you sit down and your spouse walks in, I'm sick and tired of, I ain't no maid. I'm sick and tired of all this stuff all over the floor. And you're like, I just put my sock on the floor. But what they're mad about is not that particular instance. Right. This has been a collective Uh frustration because we have not figured out how to say something at that point it would have been easier the first time you felt a certain kind of way to say what
1: to discuss with that person i'm like hey let's both be able to keep our spaces clean and it would really help if you put your socks in the dirty clothes hamper as opposed to when you pull your shoes off you know, everything has its place. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to just leaving a trail like a little miles, just make sure that you put your things up.
0: Another key to resolving conflict and fighting fair is all
1: about timing. Oh, timing is so important because you don't really know what the other, what one physically something somebody might be going through at that particular time or if there is something going on internally, or if they're in a funky headspace, or even with the person delivering the information.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say when you go grocery shopping, you should never go grocery shopping when what?
1: You never go grocery shopping when you're hungry. Why? Because you're gonna buy. You're thinking in your mind. Because I'm guilty of this. <laughs> you're thinking in your mind. Oh, I'm gonna put this meal together. Um, and your, the intentions are good, but you have all these groceries, and groceries are. Hi. You have all these extra groceries and you don't make the meals or eat the food and you wasted resources. Now, I know
0: a lot of people are listening. What's it got to do with conflict resolution? I'm going to jump back to it. So if you shouldn't go grocery shopping when you're hungry, what emotion should you avoid when you're trying to resolve conflict? You should you should resolve conflict when you're hungry, okay, angry, uh-huh.
1: lonely, and tired really that's halt. halt hungry angry lonely and tired go through each one so if you're hungry we we'll we'll joke and say oh we're hangry because you're not really you're, thin- irritable. you're, you're very irritable so you need to get something on your stomach Your mm-hmm. sugar may be low so <laughs> eat something <laughs> you know if you're if you fasting <laughs> little, little little hangry person yeah you're, you're angry <laughs> so make sure that you you comfortable? Mm-hmm. You're not. Your stomach is not eating your shirt. Okay. Uh, if you're already angry about some kind of situation that may not even have anything to do you with your house, you might need spouse, to call a time out. Oh yeah.
0: Like this ain't a good. I'm I'm fire hot right now. Mm-hmm. You you just pissed me off, and I need to cool off before we talk about it. Because when you're angry, you got your, you got your dukes up. Mm-hmm. You you're just thinking about getting back at the person. But when when you're cooler and you're calm. Uh, and you go breathe, take some deep breaths, and get back to an equilibrium. Your logic part of your brain kicks in rather than your lizard brain. Oh, that yeah. lizard brain stores up all of your trauma, and it wants to fight or flight.
1: Yeah, that's in the ba- in the brain stem.
0: So you have to make sure you're not angry. What's the, what's the other
1: one? Uh, lonely.
0: And what's that? What's the? Other one?
1: I would think that the lonely part is like when you just you're disconnected from everyone or your spouse and because you can be lonely in a relationship and you you really need to find that connection spot um and and it's not the proper time to try to bring up something heavy to discuss
0: yeah it, it's like for me what i hear you saying you got to be in the right headspace. you can't be emotionally vulnerable Mm-mm. when you're trying to resolve conflict Right. Because you're you're wearing your emotions on your sleeve and it's hard to really hear the other person when you're not in a good space. And the T is tired, tired.
1: Oh, my gosh. Don't come to me when I'm tired. When I just got off work, I just walked through the door and you
0: hit me with we need to talk. And like, yo, I'm tired. I want to decompress. I had a bad day. So it's always good to ask this question, folks. Is this a good time to talk? And if it's not a good time to talk, then y'all set a good time because timing is everything. Uh, you know, there's been plenty of times when I'm like, either call the time out or I'm like, babe, can I go decompress first? Or can I go to the gym and work out? Some of my best conversations come after I've been able to go and get this cortisol off of me mm-hmm. from being stressed out. I'll go do some aerobic exercises, get on the treadmill run, and I'm able to get into a space where I can actually hear my wife. But if if my cortisol is, is high and I'm already stressed out, chances are I can misproject my frustration on her without hearing her. Does
1: that make sense? That makes perfect sense. And, and on the other hand, if one spouse has gone to decompress, and they come back and the other spouse has not already decompressed and worked through some things, it's not fair to the other spouse to come in and say, I'm ready to talk because that person still may be in a mood. They may may still be feeling a certain kind of way. So you need, in in um, in your marriage, in the relationship, you have to come up with some ground rules to fight fair. And if that means that if there's a conflict, setting a time limit no more than 24 hours so that it gives both people both persons the opportunity to get that stress off of them so that they both can hear each other I like that
0: you know there's a scripture for that the Bible says in the New Testament do not let the Sun Mm -hmm. go down on your anger and we try our best to have a 24-hour rule if we can't talk about it when it happens we can say, give me a little time, and we'll come back. What time do you want to come back? I'm ready to go for a walk. I'm going to go to the gym. I'll be back in a minute, and when we get back, I'll, I'll talk. But do not allow mm-hmm. 24 hours to go by, because, y'all, it's a lot that can happen in yes. 24 hours. I've, I've seen some dear friends lose loved ones, You know, take them to the hospital, think they're going to bring them back, and they don't come back. Life is too short to be holding grudges and going to be mad, you know, concentrating on, get your feet off me, don't touch me. <laughs> I asked my wife the other day, I said, Do you sleep better? <laughs> Do you sleep better <laughs> Do you sleep better when you're angry or when we are in a good connection? She says, we're in a good connection because you gotta concentrate on not touching their feet and you wake up with a crick in your neck and you, you didn't sleep all that good, you're over there pretending like you are sleeping, you ain't really sleep. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Babe, I want to talk about managing your emotions, right? Okay. Uh, you talked about that lizard brain. And the lizard brain is the cortex of the brain, right? Cerebral cortex?
1: No, the lizard brain it, is, is in the brainstem. Brain
0: so the lizard brain, we say lizard brain. As human beings, we are all wired from pre-evolution back in the caveman days when a lion or a dinosaur or something would, mm-hmm. would would come upon us, we were wired to run,
1: right, There's, to save
0: our life, or to fight,
1: or to freeze,
0: or freeze, like. Shh. And so, what happens is, is that when we have an initial response to some kind of stimuli that feels threatening, we go into our lizard brain. But the danger of not being able to resolve conflict in a healthy way is when you get stuck
1: mm-hmm. in your not lizard
0: brain sure Yeah, I don't either. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> serious, you know when, when it is that you get stuck in your lizard brain, it's like you can't hear the other person. you're still fighting or you run out of the room. Um, and so how would you encourage if you look into the camera and talk to the the women or even the men, how do you? Get out of your lizard brain when you feel yourself getting hot and your nose is flaring and your blood pressure is going up. How do you get out of that mode?
1: Well, it's going to be different for for every person. First, it's not a threat. Uh, every every conflict, every conflict is not a threat. So you've got to have that conversation you, you, with yourself. You, you have to have these conversations with yourself beforehand because. The lizard brain, which is in the brain stem, uh, happens with the, the three Fs, like we discussed, the, the fight, the flight, and the freeze. But with the, that pre-conversation with yourself, like this is not, this person is not going to harm me. We're just going to have a conversation.
0: You can, and you can breathe. I'm sorry right. to cutting you off, but you can breathe and tell yourself, take a deep breath, I'm safe this is not life-threatening, I'm okay. And you have these internal conversations and baby, there's another another technique called witnessing. Mm. Witnessing is when you witness the emotion that you're having and you have the conversation with yourself. Witnessing, can you, you remember when you were children and you lay on your back, baby, you look up in the clouds and you see the clouds. Uh, and you imagine what the cloud was. You witness the cloud. You can witness your emotion. Okay, I feel myself getting angry, or I feel myself feel. This feels like an attack. It's not. I'm safe. This person I'm talking to is safe. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those little conversations can help you manage your emotions because if you get stuck in your emotions, you know we we always say you and your feelings, ain't you? <laughs> you mad, bro? <laughs> so you have to catch yourself. Like, wait a minute, I this is not gonna be a productive conversation because I'm mad as hell right now, or I'm hangry or I'm lonely or I'm tired. You have to, a, a, a strong leader is very self-aware. And can you talk a little bit about being self-aware in terms of your own emotional uh, bandwidth? What can you tell people on how to manage their own emotions?
1: We're all 100% responsible on how we act uh, based upon the other, whoever comes to us. They're not responsible for our anger. They're not responsible for our our outbursts. It's not anything that my husband has done to me that will make me do anything. You made
0: me cuss you out.
1: Right. It's all (laughs) internally focused. But there's another thing that we didn't mention when that's the tapping. Because sometimes we may feel disassociated from ourselves and we want to bring awareness back and it could just be, you know, tapping your fingers on your legs or your face, just to let you know that you're okay and that, that you're still me there. When I
0: see you tapping. <laughs> <When> I- <laughs> When you when we when we try to resolve stuff, and you start doing like that. I'm like, oh Lord, it's a ticking time bomb. She <laughs> so ready to go off on me. But you say that tapping actually calms you that down. That
1: is calming me down. Really? Because one, it's keeping my hands busy, so I don't put my hands around anybody's neck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. but at the same, tell me,
0: look, I'm blinking, y'all. I'm not okay. Come and help me. No, I'm just play. Really?
1: <laughs> See, that's that Listen, brain. Right? You didn't have that conversation, but just making sure that you're not going to say or mm. do anything that is going to further damage the relationship because we can oh, speak words that you can't take back that will hurt the other person. And then the whole conversation spirals into something else. We may have been talking about a sock on the floor, but let somebody be petty or be slick in the mouth and say something, hmm. then it starts a whole nother world. Have you ever been slick in the mouth? Oh yeah, have you ever been petty? <laughs>
0: have you ever been slick in the mouth? Have
1: you ever been petty?
0: let see, see see what I'm dealing with right now. Because I want to talk about, because you told me you're slick in the mouth for a reason. Where did it come from when you say smart stuff back to people? Where did that originate for you?
1: It originated when I was younger. And I'm only five, too. So we had this thing that we could <laughs> jone on each other. But I fight with words. And I could cut somebody to the white meat with words and won't blink an eye and will be okay. So in I have to reel myself in and if I am being quiet it's because I don't want that door to come open again because I know what I'm capable of but it started when I was a little girl and you know all my cousins I mean it was a fine-tuned gift that got a nice little pretty bow on it but we don't need to use that yeah
0: too. and so we've had to work that out of her system mm-hmm. as relates to our relationship because When she is slick at the mouth, it makes me want to be petty. But again, I have 100% responsibility over my pettiness. Mm -hmm. And so I have to witness and catch myself being petty because I want to come back and say something smart because she says something smart. But as Dr. King once said, and when we live by the philosophy of an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, we end up in a society where everybody's blind and toothless. Mm -hmm. So at some point... I have to be bigger. She has to be bigger. And somebody in the relationship has to say, okay, I'm not going to do tit for tat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They, that was a low blow, but I'm not coming back with another low blow. I've got to take this higher. Mm-hmm. And so I have learned how to witness my own emotions and say, if we're going to resolve this, I'm going to have to say something loving. I'm going to have to do something constructive. Because if not, we're going to keep doing this verbal ping pong. And we're going to get stuck here. And so there might be a time out. I may have to walk away. Might step away. And we come back. The next thing I want to talk about is compromise. When you're resolving conflict, it has to be a compromise. A give and take on both sides. Right. To reach a happy medium. Mm-hmm. Um, and And after we find a good time to set aside a good time to talk and we put away sarcasm and we put away pettiness and we put away the slick remarks and we start talking about the issue at hand, we have to come up with a solution. Right. And the way you can do this is to write down multiple solutions on, on a piece of paper on what you're going to do to resolve the issue at hand and then agree upon what you're going to try together. Okay. What What are you going to try? What am I going to try? And what are we going to try together? Because watch this. Whenever you have conflict, each person has something to do with the conflict.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: It's not always one person.
1: Absolutely. So
0: you're saying it's my fault. I'm saying, no, what I'm saying is this is the role I played in it, and I'd like to know what role you played in it. And it's, what a mature couple does is they're able to come out of their emotions and to name what role they played in the conflict. Mm -hmm. And then to come up with a solution to resolve said conflict. Does that make sense?
1: It makes perfect sense. And the the resolution has to be something that you both agree upon, not where one person just says, okay, well, we're going to do X, Y, Z. And the other person is not fully committed to that. Resolution.
0: Yeah, you got to agree on right. what y'all going to try together.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Here's another one. Sometimes you need a referee. Huh. You need some professional help. And this is where we can come in. You know, we can offer marital counseling or if you have a counselor at your church or you have your own marriage counselor that you already have, when you get in that place where you're stuck and y'all can't seem to resolve it, you might need to bring in a referee because sometimes you stop hearing each other. Right. You're so angry, so entrenched Mm -hmm. over whatever it is that has happened that you're not hearing each other. And a lot of times in conflict, there's this tendency, especially with men, that we want to prove that our logic is superior. And women tend to be a little bit more emotional, and they want to just get out their point, and y'all not hearing each other. The man wants to be logical, the woman's emotional, or it could be that the woman's trying to be logical okay. and the man's emotional. But nevertheless, sometimes you need a referee. Mm-hmm. You need somebody to arbitrate, somebody to mediate, somebody to say, Stacy, I think you missed what Rhonda was trying to say, what I heard her say. Or Rhonda, did you hear what Stacy said? I. And so sometimes you need that extra help,
1: don't you think? Oh, I agree. And, and it has to be someone that is not going to take either party side unbiased right so you can't have someone that's going to be can't be a good girlfriend unless that good girlfriend is able to facilitate both you know as far as being unbiased
0: yes that's it the best thing to do is to get somebody that's not related to either one of y'all because that bias can be subconscious Hmm and they can lean in one direction.
1: That's true, that's true.
0: Unbeknownst to them, even with good intentions. That's true, that is true. And so it's always good to get a neutral party. And again, we offer that through Eden Circle. We offer coaching for couples. Um, There's been plenty of couples that have called and we Zoom with them, and we're able to help them resolve stuff. Because a lot of times when you're in your emotions, you make mountains out of Mm molehills. When all it takes is somebody objective to say, But did y'all think about this? Right. And so in a nutshell, that's what it means to fight fair. In relationships, you're going to have moments where you disagree. But you don't have to become disagreeable just because you have a disagreement. It's going to happen. But you got to learn how to fight fair and to love each other. Because I think that God wants us to reconcile.
1: Oh, yes.
0: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's what the, when Jesus died on the cross, he was reconciling the world back to God. He was drawing the world back to God because of of some kind of breach through sin, some, some kind of behavior that separated us from God. And in marriage, you're going to be separated through disappointments. You're going to be separated when you don't see eye to eye. But the, but the Spirit of God in you is always about reconciling. And when you get to the point where you don't reconcile and you don't work intensely on conflict resolution, guess what happens? That chasm keeps growing and growing and growing until y'all are irrecognizable. Mm. And then you're in the divorce court talking about we have irreconcilable differences. Fine. I don't believe if there's a such thing as irreconcilable differences, I just believe that there are people who have not learned how to fight fair. Is there anything else you would say to these loving couples about fighting fair and the importance of conflict resolution?
1: Knowing that we're all human and that emotions from time to time are going to come up, it is so important that you make the conscientious effort on Being able to resolve conflict quickly because there's so many things that are going on Mm -hmm. in our day to day that we don't have time to stay in a loop on things that are perceived wrong. Yeah. So we need to love each other as Christ loves us and forgive each other daily. And the best sex that you can have
0: is make up sex. Am I, can I get a witness, baby? Well, huh? yes, so I uh, No, for real, once you're able to reconcile and, and, to, and to squash those differences, come back together as a unit and make love because making love helps you to bond again. It re-cements that connection that was interrupted through the disagreement. And when the two of you come back together and make love, and have passionate sex, it erases the things that you resolve, and it rebuilds that intimacy and that connection that you had, so resolve your conflict first, make love, and watch God continue to bring you back close together. Baby, we celebrated 30 years this past week, Mm -hmm. and we said we wanted to give a gift to these married couples and these seriously dating couples and what is that gift
1: the gift is on september the 21st yep. we are having a master's class a free class. master's
0: class and what's it about
1: and the it is about the things that we have learned over our 30 years mm-hmm. of marriage on how to resolve conflict more of the things that we're talking about today but more in depth Um, So that is our gift on September the 21st, which is next Thursday.
0: Right. This coming Thursday, because tonight is Monday, this coming Thursday on the 21st, you are going to want to be in this master class. If you are seriously dating, married, get to this class because we're going to share our heart. We're going to be transparent uh, even more than we are right now we're going to be transparent about some of the things that we've had to deal with mm-hmm. and how we got out of it and at the end of that masterclass we have another special offering that we want to give you uh, for free and so the first 50 couples uh, that, that sign up on that night are going to get something but you got to be at the masterclass to see what it is all right uh, and also we want to remind you that we have a continuity program where you get coaching, one-on-one coaching. You get a master class every month. You get weekly uh, videos and tips from us. And if you need us, we're just a phone call away. And this is our inner circle called the Eden Circle. And so the way to become a part of our inner circle, our tribe, and to get some coaching and get a community of other married couples who are trying to stay married, it's to go to theedencircle.com. And it is one of the most enjoyable communities. We've had parties at the house. Uh, We've gone to the movies together. Uh, We've been on retreats together. It's just an amazing group of people who want to be married. And that's another thing. If you're going to stay married, you got to get with people who want to stay married. Mm -hmm. You got to hang with people. You got to find your tribe of people who are speaking the same language about being naked and unashamed and, and having fun with each other and and hanging out. And that's what Eden Circle is all about. Listen, we appreciate y'all being on tonight. If this podcast has helped you in any kind of way, would you do me a favor? Don't be greedy. Give to the needy. Share this with your couple friends and say, girl or oh, bruh, you got to check this out. This really helped us. They gave us some good tools on how to get out of this rut that we've been in. So share, 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 and go subscribe to Dr. Cecil Spencer's YouTube channel.
1: And another thing, like and share. And leave us a comment. And right. if there are some things that you would like for us to discuss, put that in the comment section as well. I don't know
0: why y'all act like we're drug dealers. <laughs> y'all act like, y'all come and listen and, 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 and watch this and you t- see us in the streets. That was good, I like your pocket. But you don't say anything. Leave okay. a comment, yes. share, please. That helps the podcast do better when you comment and share. So whether you're watching it on YouTube or or listening on Spotify, or on Apple, or Google, whatever platform you're listening, just comment and share so that other people know we're here. All right? Listen, we love you guys. Thank y'all for being a part of our community. And we can't wait to see you on Thursday. Thursday for our free master's class. Go to Eventbrite and register today, or go to DrStacyOspencer.com and register for our free master's class this Thursday. love you guys. See you later we